All right, so we were talking a little bit before the podcast episode, and I just added you to one of the secret support community groups of people who are living with herpes, right? And so for the sake of this podcast episode, we're just going to call you Rachel. Now, we know that your name isn't actually Rachel, and I just want to hear what your experience has been so far since I added you yesterday from the time of this recording. A lot. Like, right now, I have 78 likes and 72 comments. I got a bunch of friend requests. I'm 24. So these older gentlemen, and I'm sure their intent is totally just friendly, but all my friends know about this. Anybody, like my partners know. But like as far as social media, the fact that my name is attributed to me like admitting this is a little exposed. That being said, I kind of want to keep this separate from my personal account. So it was really weird, like so many friend requests. Not that many messages, but either way, I think the support is so great. People are just very... That's good, but probably won't accept people. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. There's like a whole filtering process of ethics and values and things like that. Like we want to honor and respect one another's anonymity and their status. So me being someone who's open about it, just being in the space that I'm in as I am now, I don't face that. But there was a point where I did. And I'll say that it's been probably five years where I would have probably felt the exact same way about being overwhelmed and being exposed and everything. So coming from that background, I'm way more empathetic about it than I would be had I just jumped out into this space and been like, oh, it's fine. Just disclose. And this is going to be a topic of discussion on another podcast episode where we talk about being so willy nilly to jump out there. But I'm pumped for you to have been able to get into the space because when we talked before the recording, you know, you mentioned that there's some hesitance around too many people knowing your status. Like you don't have a problem with telling the people who need to know, but there's a problem with too many people knowing or the wrong people knowing. So can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So I do influencing. I am a photographer. I model. I run Instagram accounts. So I am always hesitant and always kind of nervous. You don't know people. I hate to say that, but I mean, I'm only 24, but even living in LA, like there is just some people out there that may not have your best intentions. And not only do I tell people that need to know for sex and consent, but my parents know, most of my friends know, most of my guy friends know. I don't like shame. So it's a beautiful opportunity to kind of just own that. And also, I was super uninformed. When all of this happened, I was like, wait, what? So I try and be an advocate for just, you know, informing people and destigmatizing it in my own life. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Somebody could get mad at me or somebody could see it that also lives in my city and tells my my parents. And I think my parents would prefer me not to share this publicly because they're my parents and I get that. But it's kind of my thing. Just more hesitant for somebody releasing this information before I do. Because I'm entering, I, I think I told you, Courtney, a clinical mental health program in August and considering the PhD route. So whether I write a book or do whatever, I would like to be able to write my own story with it and I just fear somebody taking that away from me no that makes sense it seems like it's cool for people to come out and disclose publicly I'm happy that you're taking your own route with this and you're advocating in your own life like you said so the people who are immediately around you like you're doing your own work to help others navigate stigma by just informing your inner circle. So now your circle, when they find someone or when they're disclosed to, or they meet someone who has herpes, or if they're exposed to it themselves, they have a place to go for support, you know, and then be able to connect with you and with all the communities and resources that, and you putting yourself out there, you have access to. So this is just one 
route. This is one option of how you can be there for others in in a way of advocacy without having to uh, put your identity or your story at risk, right? Yeah. How long ago were you diagnosed and what were you diagnosed with? I was diagnosed in July with HSV-2, but I think I told you on Instagram I recently had my first cold sore. So I'm not sure if that's HSV-1 or HSV-2 because you can get them, you know, anywhere. And then I also do have HPV, so I have a non-cancerous version of that, so that one can go away. Yeah, I kind of got the whole kit and caboodle up in here. I have never heard that before, and I wouldn't expect something like that from a 24-year-old, so you must be like 1,000 in spirit years. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> so what was happening around the time of your diagnosis? So you got diagnosed July 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Walk me through that. Like, how'd you find out? Were you dating? What was going on? It was the hot girl summer. <laughs> I always tell my friends, I'm like, it turned into a woke girl summer real quick, because it was the best summer of my life I'm young so you know one night stands and you know all these bucket list things I was living in LA I'm single like I've been single for three years it's part of my life and I'm, I'm so grateful I had that time but actually I'm pretty sure I contracted it from a guy who was married he told me that on our first date but apparently it was for like citizenship so he like disclosed on our first date that he's like in this consensual agreement and I was like okay well if you're gonna tell me that without me finding out I'm gonna take your word for that but I was really smitten over him and so we went on a couple dates which for a 24 year old I was like okay like people still do this so it was really nice and He's a great person, but one of my girlfriends had had HSV-2 before, and I remember thinking, you know, I've never had an STD, so I was kind of just playing Russian roulette and didn't think it could happen, and uh, I got a couple of, you know, little pimple things, and in one day, it turned from one to, like, four, and I was like, this feels different, and I was, you know... I, uh, I have a little bit of OCD, so I'm like, you know, my mom's in town, I'm researching, and I'm like, Mom, I think this is it. I'm a very responsible person, especially when it comes to other people being involved, and I was like, I need to know before I engage in anything with anybody. So I got the culture, which is the most accurate form, and it was positive, and so I went back, and I had sex with maybe four people that month, so... I reached out to, this is a good story, I reached out to the, anybody that was like three weeks that I had sex with. One of them was a 52-year-old famous Australian filmmaker that I had a one-night stand with at a hotel, and he was terrible. He was so mean. He blocked me. He was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, bitch, who the hell are you? Like, the maturity was literally so embarrassing, and I felt so... I was like, oh my god, I'm not terrible, you're terrible. So he ended up unblocking me to tell me that he was negative. whoop diddly doo dah I'm pretty sure it was this guy that I had been seeing that was married, and so I told him he was so sweet. He texted me back and was like, I'm so sorry this is happening, and he worked at a restaurant, you know, next to where I worked, and we sat outside one day, and he just sat with me and was like, tell me what's going on, and I was crazy about him. And we kept hooking up, and that was kind of safe for me because he knew, and he didn't mind, I guess, the situation and I haven't had oral sex since then so that was almost a year ago which is crazy but it's all good it really isn't even an issue yeah he was amazing but then something happened and I pretty much broke up with him and then he like would not stop hitting me up and I'm like you're married this is uncomfortable please stop hitting me up and then he ends up telling me in person that he was tested negative and I remember hiking that morning with one of my best friends and I was so mad I wanted to blame somebody right but the truth is, I mean, I've had many, 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 many,
sexual partners, you know, it could have been five years ago. So me wanting to blame somebody, you know, this resulted from me making the decision to really most of the time not use a condom. One of my best friends who were hiking right in Canyon, she said, babe, you gotta own this. She's like, it's okay, but like, you can't be mad at anybody. And that kind of changed the game. I hope he was being honest, you know, I don't know. He is a French African. Not that it has anything to do with it, but he didn't want to text it to me because he was like, I didn't want to like, I don't know if like culturally there's more stigma, like I have no idea. But I don't even know if he actually went or if he just like looked at it and was like, nah, I don't have anything. Like, who knows? That being said, I don't know exactly where it was from. The timeline would make sense. And then recently in my first outbreak on my mouth, this is crazy, I was here in my state where I live and I met up with an old friend from four years ago that I had been friends with even when I had a boyfriend before. I called him family. We were super cool, but we always had this energy. And so I'm single, he's single. So we meet up for the first time in four years. We're at the bar, great energy. He's so gorgeous and we're getting pretty touchy. And here's my thing. I won't disclose until I'm about to be intimate with somebody. And if it's somebody that I'm probably not going to end up dating, that I am willing to be intimate with sooner than later. I mean, I'll just tell them when it's getting hot and heavy. Me dating now, like, I don't really want to be intimate for a while. You don't know me well. Like, he's known me for four years. So I was like, okay, well, you already know. Like, this isn't going to make it or break my character, who I am. And so I tell him, and his response is, damn, I think I got that shit too. Now, wait, weeks go by. He, like, isn't really hit me back I'm like I don't think we should talk anymore like I'm getting too wrapped up in you and like he was supposed to come over that night and didn't come over and just all this kind of flakiness well a week later I get a cold sore and I'm like he told me that he had this and I still was like yes girl sex I think for me it's been I haven't really had many partners since this so like I was just you know Wait, was just like, wait, wait, wait. So when you said yay oral sex, what do you mean? I gave him. So you haven't been giving oral sex since your diagnosis. I want to make sure that I'm following correctly. So when you say I haven't had oral sex, are you talking about receiving or giving? Receiving in about a year, almost a year. But giving, I mean, I haven't since this. It's one out of every two people, I think, that have this type of thing. So I am on the daily medication for both. So that makes me feel better about it. But yeah, it'll still just be another version of the conversation. But I gave him oral sex after he disclosed that. So I was like, well, fuck. I knew that information and I still was like, it's fine. Because I felt safe with him. And I texted him and he literally texted me back and was like, this shit is stupid. I didn't even say that shit. This conversation blows. And I, it was terrible. That was about a week ago. Did he lie to you? And then he texted me the next morning and was like, I'm so sorry. I was drinking or it was, I, I don't even know. It was his birthday when we were texting. Again, I really thought that I had this relationship with this guy. We talked about God. We talked about our dreams and we've always had a crush on each other. And, and he texted me that and I'm somebody that you show me that side once. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you ain't got to so do it I again. I blocked him on everything. But that was the worst. That was terrible. The audacity that you have. He literally was like, that shit ain't for me. Like, I'm like, you literally said that. <laughs> what? Do you think that he said or thought that you said HPV? Because did you say HSV or did you say herpes? No, I mean, every time I say HSV, this is also fascinating. I mean, 35-year-old men are like, what is that? HSV, what is that? Herpes. Oh. 
oh, okay, 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 okay. They don't even know. And I get it because I didn't even, I mean, I didn't know the logical name for it. Yeah, we can probably delve into that later. But I mean, I was really not informed on the complexities of this particular condition. How did you become as knowledgeable as you are at this point? Because you seem to have over such a short period of time become really comfortable talking about it like the way that you're speaking about it now there doesn't seem to be any shame associated with it you've had your experiences but you're not attached to them having been negative or whatever I mean you learn from it I went on I mean I remember a couple weeks after this I went on this date with this very gorgeous famous actor guy and it was going amazing and I was like let me try and tell someone on a first date it's weird it's been like one of the best things that's ever happened to me and I can kind of delve into that later but I don't feel shame and maybe part of it is a defense mechanism right like I don't want to get invested in you if you're just gonna you know he was like we should do this and we should do that so I told him and birds I mean he was like I'm gonna text you never text me and so one day I was on his Instagram and he wasn't following me I made the assumption that he followed me a long time ago. And so I sent this text that was like, hey, in the future, like, I just hope that you really don't judge somebody, blah, 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 blah. And he responded and was like, first of all, I never followed you. Second of all, when you disclose that, he's like, I appreciate you being honest, but not everybody's going to want to be intimate with you. And you, like, that just is what it is. And I remember getting that text in the plane and being like, <laughs> were you more disappointed that he didn't follow you or his response period because i'd have I mean, been like damn you didn't even follow me i feel like an ass no i felt like an ass his response was totally warranted and i think that we have to have empathy with people and understand that i didn't know anything about this and somebody told me that especially in the dating world in los angeles there's so many people it's like any one reason to not be with somebody is like okay well i'll find somebody else and then i told this guy that is supposed to be my husband that i'm totally in love with and we i love him to death and i told him after we had had, had sex before i got this and then uh, the night before i moved and he was like i don't think i would have done this with you if i didn't know you but i love you as a person it's all good and then he like made jokes about it he was like well just go ahead and sign me up and like and so i think having a certain layer of humor while being mindful, uh, consent for me is a big, big thing. People need to know exactly what they're signing up for. My thing now is kind of navigating the, like, well, I have HPV, HSV1, and HSV2, because that just sounds like a whole, like, I don't even want to have that conversation. Like, I can, and I will, but I'm like, can I just... I don't know. This well, is new for me. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at it as any other sort of a health status. Like, what if someone had a bad back, a bad hip, a bad knee? You disclose all of those things because these are going to limit your ability to do certain things, like on dates, yeah. right? So why is it that in the same context, we're disclosing potential limitations, bones breaking or being out of place or having grown a certain way? These are things that are, quote unquote, not your fault, genetic, whatever. But it's the same thing with STIs. Like, it just happens. There's nothing yeah. that should be associated there with shame or any sort of guilt, especially if the conversations were there like it's just a thing that happens even if the conversations aren't there so i shouldn't say that but yeah. uh it happens we get colds bump our knees we injure ourselves we do all of these different things that change our bodies and our health status and the thing that should be taken into consideration because i'm trying to find a better word that isn't judged is not the experiences of a person 
but the person themselves. Shit happens. It is what it is. How we respond to it should be what's judged, right? You've got herpes type 1, herpes type 2. Now you have genital and oral outbreaks and you have HPV. To a person hearing that for the first time, they're going to go 1, 2, 3, STDs, what the fuck? But completely just overlook the fact that you're telling them, you're giving them a choice, you're informing them, you're educating them, and you're offering up this information so that you're giving them a choice. People really be sleeping on the power of choice and the kind of strength that it takes for a person to be able to give that information to another person and relinquish that kind of control and put it into the hands of somebody that could be a complete stranger. It's really powerful to be able to look at it from that perspective. Judge the responses to the situation and not the person having been in the situation. There's a better way of wording that I'll probably think of it and come back to it. <laughs> I loved it. It's great. And I think that that's true. And most times I tell somebody, this one guy was like, damn, like, thank you for telling me. I don't even know what that shit means. Unfortunately, I don't think I want to sleep with you, but you super fine and be careful out there. And I was like, I hear you, bro. <laughs> I was like, I got you. It's all good. And that's the thing. And I think, I mean, I hope it's an attractive quality, but I don't get offended. I would probably be the same way, but that just, I really further believe that, like, whoever I'm supposed to be with will just either have heard about it, is a doctor, a therapist. That's totally okay. Even somebody hearing it and hearing somebody not speak about it in such a terrible, self-deprecating way, I'm like, cool. And I'm very happy single. Very happy. So I think that that feeds into it. I want to add to that a little bit where you mentioned, you know, your person might be more informed or be a doctor or something. But the thing about it is that your person, your people is either going to have it or they're going to know someone with it or they're going to be understanding and accepting of it. So the people who aren't okay with it just aren't supposed to be there. Right. And these are also people who aren't looking at you for you. They're looking at you for something that you have to offer, something that may now seem limiting or not as available uh, to have with you anymore. So now they're just like, oh, well, fuck it. I'll just go and get this thing somewhere else. So they're not looking at you for you. They're looking at the experience of having sex. Like they just want you for that reason. So if a person's just unwilling to look at you, see you, get to know you, then what are you really losing? Well, and I worry because part of me is like, well, you know, sex is a huge part of a relationship. So, like, is it selfish to want to be with a partner? Look at the statistics. It's really common. You could probably already do it if you got a blood test. Like, if you ever have a physical symptom, I think, like, totally, yeah, abstain. Like, of course. But as far as the shedding goes, like, if you're on the medication, I don't think I could ever be with a partner in the long term that's like, I just can never receive oral sex from you or I will just never give you oral sex. I'd be like... Okay, that just isn't, you know. Yeah, so you're new here, right? (laughs) I don't think that's a thing for near as many people as we probably would assume early on in our diagnosis. So given I've had so many in-depth conversations with people who are living with HSV, a lot of people don't really give a fuck. And I think that we more so judge ourselves and we set these unrealistic expectations on other people. We think that people are going to be assholes if we disclose. We think they're going to reject us because we have herpes. We think that they're going to tell everybody. I've not spoken to anyone who's had that experience where someone outed them publicly. I've not had the... Oh, for real? Well, you just completely just shitted on my whole (laughs) story and I'm about to get through. I still want you to share it, but I have an 
nervous. All right. Well, see, well, now that you've done that, that just made everything irrelevant. But <laughs> up until now, I hadn't heard of that actually being a thing. And even then, like, what does that look like? What does that say about the person who's doing the exposing? The other part that I was going to say is just that in speaking with people who have casual sex, people who are in non-monogamous relationships, they're living their best life. They were like, shit, herpes has been the best thing that ever happened to me, given that it now is an incentive to have conversations around sexual health. Hey, when's the last time you were tested? How often do you get tested? I have a podcast episode with Dr. Eveline Dacker, the executive director of Sex Positive Portland, and she happened to come on and give us an overview of her stars talk so the stars talk is where we talk about sexual health we talk about turn-ons we talk about avoids we talk about relationship intention and then we talk about safety so here's like a format for disclosure and if you want to go and check this out this is episode 99 integrative disclosure of something positive for positive people having herpes and that conversation really went hand in hand for me, and I noticed that in conversations that I have and that other people have, this is the structure of it. So it's, hey, I'm going to disclose this information to you and give you a choice. I have herpes. And then from there, it's a matter of becoming a negotiations conversation about, all right, well, do you have any triggers? Like, what can I do? Can I not grab your neck? Can I not smack your ass? Turn ons. Do you like when I grab your neck or slap your ass? And then just going down and figuring out, is this going to be a casual thing? What do you need in order to feel safe? Mm -hmm. Are we working towards anything? So just shortcut straight to the point. You yeah. cut past a lot of that shit after an STI disclosure. And if people want yeah. to take the next steps moving forward, then that's what it is. I mean, it's kind of really oddly similar. And I saw somebody post this to like well, what's happening with COVID. It's like people are asymptomatic. You don't know. But if you get it, then you've got it. And like all of this stuff. And part of me is kind of like, and this isn't, I don't think this is a good attribute. And that's what I think happened when the guy was like, oh, I have it too. I was like, well, fuck, I already got it. So like, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? And that's not a great attitude to have because there is still, you know, HIV is still out there. And, you know, my heart goes out to people and that could totally be me. Like, you know, these things are out there. So I don't want to be irresponsible, but I kind of feel like I got the things that are socially the worst to get. And I, I said that to a doctor and she was like, says who? She was like, okay, I diagnose this every day. So, and I mean, again, I've never had chlamydia, gonorrhea. I've never had anything, but I kind of feel like now I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to get coronavirus. I'm going to get it. Yeah, I'm going to get this. I already got it. So, you know, but I don't, I, I want to have a more responsible mindset I do I would say the responsibility does stem from having to tell people and then have that conversation though and informing people so I guess that's true I don't know I get self-conscious about it sometimes I don't still always use a condom I mean if I don't now it's because I already asked them but I'm like should I make us because I've got this thing like I don't know so here's the thing about that so I recently had to use a condom this was new to me uh I've been in a really long relationship I was in one for a little bit over two years and so getting out of the relationship yeah. like the first conversation that I had about STIs and everything, it went exactly the way that I talked about with the STARS talk. So this was a very pleasant experience. We both got tested. We were both negative for our STIs, except I had herpes, which she knew, and she was okay. I don't take medication. I also don't have outbreaks, and I feel that there's a strong correlation between the transparency that I have with the virus and like being accepting and not allowing it to stress me out anymore, and yeah. the low number of outbreaks that I've had, right? So I've had multiple partners that I didn't wear condoms with who either had it or uh, didn't have it. And so when we 
would have sex, like there were precautions to take, I would just make sure that I'm not experiencing any sensations at all on my genitals. So I have genital HSV2. I've not had an oral outbreak and I've been, excuse my French, I've been eating pussy for a minute now <laughs> since my diagnosis. And <laughs> I haven't had anything show up on my face. Where I was going with that was condoms don't prevent STIs, they reduce the risk. And for herpes, right. herpes, you can't just wear a condom and cover the affected yeah. area of yeah. a penis. You still got this whole radius of bodies touching. So it's bodies touching as well that increases your vulnerabilities to contracting HSV. Wearing a condom, not wearing a condom, at the end of the day, there just needs to be communication more so yeah. than anything. Are we on top of our STI testing? Are we being communicative? Are we being honest? Are we being transparent with one another? When you're able to have those kinds of things and it also alleviates a lot of the pressure of, oh my God, am I gonna have an STI? Did that person have an STD? What are we gonna do? Cause there's like also this level of trust and honesty between one another yeah. that makes for a more pleasant experience. When you don't yeah. have to think about these things, you get to really just be present and in the moment and enjoy the experience with one another. That's very true. You were going to tell me about somebody outing you. So, yeah, I, I almost lost it. <laughs> so you got to tell me this story. My heart goes out to one of my best friends who is the love of my life. I love her to death. She's my girl. But she tends to date guys that are just shitty. And they suck. And she gives them so many chances after she shouldn't. And anyways, I guess she told one of these guys that she was dating that one of her best friends, and she used my name, has HSV2. And she was saying it, like, in a proud of you way like she's handled it so amazing and I guess they were talking about all of that and so they got in a fight and he commented on my Instagram post her name told me you have HSV herpes 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 thankfully I was on Instagram and I was able to delete it and block him when I immediately reached out to her and while not trying to shame her because I mean communication is kind of my thing I just think it's so important and everybody's doing their best and she it, from an intention standpoint, you know, I think that was the first time that I had to be like, okay, this is really my business. <laughs> yeah, I have to be really careful. So I told her and, you know, she cried and she felt so bad and I know her intention, but, um, so he had done a bunch of stuff with a lot of people that she had trusted him to know their names and he was reaching out to people left and right. But yeah, that was on my public Instagram account. And I mean, I'm a very, like the least egotistical way I can say it, very popular person. A lot of people know me. I've had, again, a lot of partners from different stages of my life. So people sometimes don't like to see people doing well. I'm also participating, uh, Courtney, this is how we met, but in a research at Ball State University for African-American disclosure and HSV2. So I've been posting that on my Instagram and I'm sure people are wondering, why are you doing this? You're not even in school. Like, what are you doing? And I'll let them kind of think that, and anybody that knows me will know why I'm invested in that. But yeah, that was really scary. So yeah, I mean, it happened again. Wow. So immaturity, for sure. Hate. Just hate. How old was I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy. He yeah. just was trying to that sucks, ruin though. my <clears throat> girl's life with all of her relationships. Damn. So. so I never really thought about, like, there being any secondary or tertiary effects. So you disclose oh, yeah. to your friends and then your friend with nothing but the best of intention says, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, here's the situation, herpes, blah, blah, blah. I have a friend who's open to blah, 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 blah. And yeah. a person can still just go out and try and use that in a negative way. That is really shitty. And another thing, too, is like that person who would do something like that. I'm a firm believer in karma, but oh, yeah. For such a malicious intention, him throwing that huge fucking boulder in the air, it's going to land on his head at some point, if it hasn't already. 
Mm, that's what I was about to say. It is blowing my mind, and especially having lived in Los Angeles. I'm like, the fact that people don't know the name of this, the fact that most men are carriers and women are more likely, you know, the beautiful vagina is just so freaking moist. Like, it's like, hey, come hang out here. Like, women, you know, women are more prone to this. But, like, as a, I wouldn't even consider myself a full feminist. Like, I'm LBGTQ+. I date women. I date men, which has been very impactful, actually, in this, too. We can talk about that. My experiences have been better with women ever since I've gotten this. But, um... That being said, I'm just like the fucking audacity. Like, who are you to be like, just the fact that people are so quick to be like, nope, never not me. And I'm like. They can't see your face. So you've done this a few times where you just made a face. So I'm going to have to like plug in something like noise or something. I just can't. What I find is that the LGBT community is more sex positive. The sex positive and acceptance of people with STIs. Like I made a joke a long time ago about having an S added to the LGBT letters for STI positive or stigma, stigmatized people. Because I mean, it kind of makes sense. We're already dealing with a group of stigmatized individuals, but uh, that joke was very well received. And then it was not very well received at the same time. So yeah, we need to get like our own little logo or banner or something for positive people, two plus signs. I, I got that into something positive logo. So talk to me about these experiences in terms of um now you you date would you say you identify as pansexual no so i would identify as like a lipstick lesbian so the girls that i typically date are like really like girly like, all right I, I was like, where, where you going with this you just making faces really, like, because it's less like it's a kind of but it's really more just like women are so gorgeous and like oh my gosh and so I mean it's been my whole life that I've had experiences but probably the best orgasms I've ever had in my life were just me and this girl from LA who was literally one of my best friends and I love her to death and she knew about it and I gave her oral she didn't give me oral which is totally fine she didn't have the virus I don't know oh <laughs> Wait, did y'all talk about her STI status? She hasn't had a blood test, and here's the thing, like, I think uh, she had gotten testing for STIs, I think, I don't know, I think. So you out here not having this conversation, huh? Well, we have it, we have it on my end. Okay, so pause break here. This is a very common thing where we're so caught up in having to disclose to people that we don't, Yeah. we don't, we just assume that they don't have anything. Like, just because we do, and that whole burden is placed on us to have to disclose, why don't we ask people the same thing? Because people can be quick to accept the fact that we have herpes. And there are people who consider that to be a red flag. Well, it's like, damn, if you're okay with this, like, what else are you okay with? Or what you got going on that you ain't telling right. me? And then right. there's people who just be like, well, I have herpes. You okay with that? Yeah. And then they just jump to having sex. And then a couple of days go by and they're like, oh, shit, my genitals are tingling is this an sci and then you got this whole fear process going through i feel like we did have that conversation then but sh but again the thing with la is like most people don't get tested after every single sexual partner because i mean mm, it is crazy out there it's just crazy and i mean again it is great but that's why i look around and i'm just like i don't even know so i think we did talk about that i think i was less worried which is probably actually miseducation that we weren't actually able to have sex because you know this is a girl so most of it was just like i don't know can you get oral gonorrhea or oral chlamydia so you can get gonorrhea and chlamydia in your throat just found oh, that out know. just found that out and your anus okay well that thing's closed my business 
Always. So. So, uh, yeah, that's something that I just learned from listening to the Inner Hole Uprising podcast because one of the guests, Sam, she was aware that she could get, uh, I believe it was gonorrhea or chlamydia in your throat. And when she went to go and get tested, they just were going to have her pee in the cup. She was like, all right, well, I also need a swab for oral because someone had told me that they had contracted an STI and we had only had oral sex, so I'm going to need this test. So the doctors didn't even know to test orally for STIs. Yeah, it's crazy. So shout out to Sam for helping me inform. Now, I get questions about safety in regards to lesbian sex. No guys have come on and been like, well, how how do you have like two partners who have a penis have sex? Like this is just a thought that came to my mind. But um, I guess for women or vulva owners, the conversation's a much different conversation to have because there are these assumptions that, oh, well, we're not really having sex. We're just going down on each other using sex toys or masturbating each other. Like these are sort of the uh, general assumptions there. So are there ways that you stay safe, protect your partners, protect yourself whenever you are engaging in sex with another woman? I mean, I feel like I just got... Guy educated. Um, so I mean, I don't know all of that. Well, and that's the thing too is like we have comprehensive like sex or mostly abstinence-based sex, and like I, I stay in the Midwest, so the Midwest is very abstinence-based for religious reasons. I love my parents to death, and they're freaking hip as hell, but we didn't really have like the breakdown conversation about all of this. So like, I'm still learning, and I think that's really scary um, and understandable, but like also really scary. That being said, no, that's the only girl I've been with since this. Part of me kind of is like anti-dating just because I was got so exhausted of having this conversation that I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to get this six pack. I'm going to get this career going. I'm going to get into school. I'm going to eat my whole foods and I'm going to just chill for a bit because it really was just like, I wanted to keep doing this. So um, would I? Absolutely. I really think the biggest takeaway I'm having from you during this is, you know, making sure that all of that is really talked about before because I go with a lot of people's word, right? Like, yeah, I've been tested. One of my girlfriends said that she had sex with someone. He was like, yeah, I've been tested. And then later on, she got chlamydia and he said it was six months ago. So, like, that's a long time ago. So, I really love your advice on once you decide to do that, I'm a very much, like, last-minute romantic, right? So, like, go with the flow. Like, the vibe is there. Like, just do it and whatever will happen. So, wait. Like, whatever will happen does happen. So, there's words for that. Uh, you familiar with sapiosexual or demisexual? Sapio is knowledge. Intelligence, yeah. mental, and then demis, emotional. I would say I'm sapiosexual, but there are some, like, I get very tied to, like, history. So people that I have history with, right? Like That sounds I'm like comfort. Sex. Yeah. That's com- you're comfortable sexual. That's not even a word. <laughs> Comfo sexual. Yeah. Well, let's make it a word, Courtney. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, attachment to history. And I can speak to my experience here in just backtracking partners because it's easy. Because, uh, like, we already know we had the conversation. So it's like, well, you got it and I got it. So let's just do this. And in doing so, oh, man, I, I don't want to talk too much about this. But 
while that's the safe thing to do, it can become toxic because the things around that tend to be more prevalent now because you're going to each other for sex and these are inherently things that you got to deal with and you know that y'all ain't together for a reason and now y'all coming back together in avoidance of the reality. Like you're just taking a vacation from reality and then y'all both get that nut off and then y'all looking at each other like, why are we doing this? And you just mad at yourself. In terms of... uh, easily dating or dating how it's easy dating someone just because they have the same status as you or just because it's easier and you don't have to have a conversation like i am very pro weigh out your options i will never tell a person what to do but i will do my best to give them all of the options available so that they can make the most informed decision for themselves but ask yourself and consider why you would want to put yourself back in a situation that you've already removed yourself from why are you making these uh, limitations on yourself? Why are you placing these limitations on yourself in terms of your availability of partners and who you're choosing to exchange energy with? Because it sticks with you. Like if you are fucking a toxic person, the toxicity is like energetically on you and in you. And like you got to sort of meditatively or spiritually cleanse yourself of that. It's a lot of unnecessariness when you know, as tough as dating is, you can get out there and take the risk of finding someone better rather than the risk of doing what's easy and picking up that toxicity again. I love all of that, but it's actually, I didn't mean that like for actually who I'm having sex with. I mean, for like who I can see myself even wanting to date from now on. Like I want to date people that I've known for a long time because of this. So it's not even like hooking up with, it's just like, I don't want to get to know new people. Like I'm just like, oh, I mean, I will, I will, I know I will, I yeah. know I will, but like, not, uh, oh my God. I so just, it's the whole process of getting to know someone new is just draining for you right now. Yeah, because I am a multifaceted boss ass bitch, like you need to know, like, so I feel like I'm most interested romantically and just emotionally to people that know me at my core now because of this. Versus meeting new people and then being like, oh, you live at your parents' basement and you don't have a job and you do social media. Is there really anything that you want to share that maybe we didn't get to touch on? Um, I got your story. We got a little bit of learning points. We talked a little bit about the group and your experience there. Um, What else? Is there anything else that you want to share in terms of your herpes experience or like how you've been navigating the healing process? Um, I would just say that for me, a big thing was looking up like famous people that have it. You can Google like famous people with HSV too. And it's like a lot of people. So I think like, can you name drop some? Um, I think it was Jessica Alba, Derek Jeter, famous people. It was a lot. And I was like, Oh, okay. I can do this. Um, let's see here. Jessica Alba used to be like my big celebrity crush. (laughs) How could she not be? Hello? Usher, of course. Usher Raymond. Who else was it? It was like, there was this one website. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Derek Jeter, Jessica Alby, Alba, Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, Pamela Anderson, both the Beckhams. So, David Beckham and his wife both have it. Robert Williams. I wonder if any of that contributed to his, uh, you know, later suicide. I hope not, but... I would be surprised if that maybe wasn't a factor. Janet Jackson, Michael Vick, Lindsay Lohan, Tommy Lee, Trey Song. All right, y'all. So there's a list of celebrities that uh, you better shoot your shot with. Let me stop. <laughs> trick or trick or trick. I mean, there are so, uh, so many. So I think once I saw that, I was like, 
Okay, like, talk it. <laughs> yeah. It'd be cool to hear any of these people share their experiences or, like, talk about it even. Because it's shitty that people feel like they're the only people with this when they're celebrities who are celebrities and successful in their own ways and still navigating life with this. Maybe we'll, well get there one day. I also think it's important to say that part of my motivation to be so transparent about this is, like, when I first got this, my dad's a therapist. He's a doctor. My mom is, you know, amazing. But I was thinking about the 18-year-old girl that just lost her virginity and got herpes that doesn't have a family to talk to about, and that's Googling this. The information that's accessible for most regular Google searches is really frightening. And that is not okay because this is 90% more mental than it is physical. I also was watching Rosenberg and Ebro in the morning and they were talking. They had an episode that somebody phoned in and was like, you found out your partner had herpes. And I was so disturbed. They have the effects like boom, 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 like hell no, break up with them. And like, there's a woman in this talk and I'm just like, guys, like you have such a platform. People look up to you in all of these different areas. Like, you know, you're promoting hip hop stars that have sex with seven people at once sometimes. Let's be a little bit more avid about the content that we're choosing to put out having influence. You know, I think the more stuff that I find like that, the more I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Like yeah. it just is not that big of a deal. So I think that my goal in communicating with you and being part of the group or whatever is just to acknowledge and let people know like, yes, this sucks. It's our cross to bear, you know, if you're religious or even if you're not, it's just kind of one of those things we got to go through. But it's okay. It's okay. Always more than okay. All right. Damn. That, Poor that. thing. You're going to have to edit so much. No. <laughs> I, well, I listen to every episode and I got to take notes so I know what to talk about. So we're, we're good there. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Um, good. Well, I, I did listen to the last one I think you did. You did it by yourself. Um, oh, shit. You listened to that? <laughs> uh, the whole thing. It was so good. Oh, thank you. That was very vulnerable. I got to I gotta release one more to kind of close that out. Oh. And this one, I just kind of talked. It, it sounded like a therapy session. I was like, whoa, I realized these things about myself. So, yeah, if you want to know what we're talking about, you got to go back and listen to those episodes. Ha <laughs> ha. Definitely. All right. Um, do you, I, I don't know, do you, you don't no. want people to find you. So we're not no. going to put that in here. All right. <laughs> That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to, share this podcast. If you found it interesting, let me know in the comment section. Slash leave a review, especially right now. These reviews are far more helpful than anything else. The more reviews we have, the more easily people are able to find these podcast episodes. And also just remember, man, y'all can be boss-ass bitches too. You know, don't let this fuck up your sex life. Don't let this... Uh, dictate how you navigate relationships don't let this thing that has the potential of propelling you forward make you go back to what's easy what's comfortable and you left for whatever reason you left like we got to honor that and remember that and this is also such a great filtering mechanism for the kinds of people that we want to have in our lives versus the people that we don't need in our lives so Keep that in mind as you navigate the world with HSV and you navigate the stigma. The stigma is just a stigma and it has no power without our response to it. Till next time, stay sex positive.